You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Eli Manning. 117 and 117. That was his record? Yeah. And By the he- way, good, good, good morning, everyone here. Middle, Baird Brooks, Dan Cilio. So Xander came up with this. Who would you start a franchise with? Five or Eli Manning of both Baird and I? I mean, I don't even think we let right the, the same sentence time. End. Nope. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even let the sentence end. We right. went like this, McNabb. Right. Two Super Bowls. <laughs> I know. So does Jim Plunkett, dude. Right. Well, you got to look at Eli, man. Eli was so streaky, man. Like when he was hot, he he's was a hot. bum. But he was horrible all through. I hated the Eli face, man. And, and I think that's he, the dude, biggest reason why I hated him. It. Yeah, I do. I, do. <laughs> I just wanted to punch him in the face every time I saw him. I just and, and, and you know what? I love the commercial he has, bro. When he's out there fishing, he's the hot sauce commercial. I mean, I love it because it's the Eli face that I see. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, him, reti- <laughs> him retiring hot I'm sauce. I'm going to hire Will Smith. I'm a hire Will Smith. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's crazy, man. man. Yeah, so that's where we got it from because they were talking about it on the stream on Birds 365. And, you know, I mean, we can get so much content from, from the stream, bro. I mean, that alone, if you pay a little attention, that's why I glance at it every once in a while, see what they're talking about. And I get sidestepped sometimes. I get, I get pushed over there. And I go down the deep dark side when I mess with the stream sometimes. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it because they'll tell you I was a train wreck at first when dealing with the stream, a, a pure train wreck. I didn't know what to do, man, because I didn't know how to bring it up. I would just say whatever I want, uh, whatever they said, and it'd be totally out of conversation or what my other co-hosts were saying. I mean, it, it wouldn't even be on the same in the same universe. Eli, but I man. see it on the stream. Eli Manning over Donovan McNabb's a joke. Right. <laughs> but he's got two Super Bowls and they're MVPs and he beat the GOAT. Look at his last seven years. He sucked. <laughs> he sucked. I I'm going to put it like this. I got a Super Bowl too. Doesn't mean I'm pathetic. <laughs> pathetic, Barrett. Look at the numbers. They say, let me look, look at the wins and losses his last seven years. He could never carry a franchise. 
would you say he went what? What was his, what was his record? 117 and 117 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mediocre. That's he's the a definition. 500, he's a 500 quarterback. And watch this. That stiff's going to make it to the Super He's going to make it to the uh, Hall of Fame. You think? Oh, of course. The Manning name? Holy oh, cow, name, that's yeah. Camelot in, Amer- in American sports and right. in the NFL. It's royalty. Even their brother gets royalty. He ain't played not a snap in the NFL. His other yeah, oh, oh, that kid Cooper? Yeah, Cooper Manning. Whatever. And, and, and now they got Arch, who's like going to go to some place. He'll probably end up at that, that shitty college, Alabama. <laughs> now Xander's pissed. See, I, that's what I said. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, man. <laughs> I, I started to go three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably end up there, man. He'll end up over there at that Pama thing. But look know. at this, though, man. I I want a Super Bowl. Does that mean I'm an All Pro? No. My Am wife I close to an All Pro? No. Dude, you got a Super Bowl. You played ten years. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, man. Hey, by the way, I've got the. I, I. Hey, by the way, I saw some somebody say something about homework. Homie, I do homework here, Junior Poles. Junior Poles <laughs> used to be a dude that played at Boston College, and every time I killed him and I saw him when I played against him, I used to call every every stiff offensive lineman I played against Junior Poles. So I, it was just a saying. This guy was the biggest dude I've ever seen. And when I grabbed him, man, he, this guy was like a pillow. He, he was like a my pillow guy. I wanted to punch that thing in the face every time I see it, too. Guy sent oh, me a my pillow and I punch it. That's my punching pillow. Because I hate that guy. Anyway, here we go. Check it out. I got some names for you here. I'm on fire already, aren't I? Oh, <laughs> starting it off, man. Starting it off. Okay. You know, I didn't get couple- those. I didn't get those type of players when I played, man. I had like Trev Alberts really got me drafted. He's the one that got me started in the direction of going to, and being an All-America. Trev Alberts was the number one. Oh, he was a hell of a player in Nebraska. In the country. Yeah. And, and the number one player in the country. And I shut him down. He just sniffed my quarterback. I was the first person to shut oh, him down. Oh wow! Not he give was a sack or anything. Yeah, too. you know. So that that's that. He started on my uh, ascension as far as being one of the top tier offensive linemen in the country, man. So I want to thank Trev. I appreciate it. You know, you led to a twelve year NFL career. Thanks a lot, Trev Alberts. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got eight names for you here that are still on the open market. By the way, um, I was informed last night that Devontae Parker is now on the open market and that Chris Greer in Miami is taking calls. He's a wide receiver. Let me throw these names at you. And these are ranked. Stephon Gilmore still out there, cornerback, 15th ranked free agent. Bobby Wagner, 19th-ranked free agent, linebacker. These are all positions that the Eagles need. Tyron Matthew, 20th player ranked, safety. Edge rusher, Melvin Ingram, 33rd player, rank. I think he was in Kansas City. I was in Kansas City at the end. Yep. 43, Patrick Peterson, cornerback. Who Um, wants to be with the Eagles and thought about it and said he would like to be with the Eagles. Didn't uh, Howie go after him two years ago when yes, he was he at did. Arizona? Yes, he did. Well, not really. He didn't pursue him as well as hard as I thought because, you know, he could have he could have made the deal happen because we had nothing. We our, our our defensive backs were horrible then. He could have made that deal. He just didn't. He chose not to. 
74th, Dante Hightower, linebacker. 78th, A.J. Johnson, linebacker. I believe he was with the Broncos last year. Yep. 98th, Sammy Watkins, wide receiver. Ravens probably in a bad system because they don't throw the ball a lot around there because of the way Lamar takes care of the ball and the way he runs the ball. Any one of these guys right here you think could make an impact on the Philadelphia Eagles? No question, without a doubt. You need to add one more guy to that. Akeem Hicks. From you Chicago. know what? He's the kid from the Bears. Do you think yep. they need an interior guy? They have no. They have no depth. Let me look at that. Okay. Depth. All right. At, at, um, defensive tackle, and and they would want to bring him in on a one year deal, as they always do. He'd be pricey though, wouldn't he? He's worth the price. Um, okay, he'd be pricey though, right? Yeah, he'd be he'd be what one of those fifteen million dollar guys. Oh, know, okay. Well, that leaves year. Howie out. <laughs> you, Dan, you're learning. Oh, 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 hey, watch this. If I ever go out to lunch with that guy, I know I'm picking the bill up. Right. He's the guy you're picking the bill up on. You got to – all right, all right, I'm about to let my credit card down. You're going to – Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, no. You know the alligator arms? Like, yep. You know you go out to lunch with that one guy, man, you know? It's like this, you know? Oh, don't well, worry. Me and you are going to test that Joe Krause credit card out. When we're oh, no eating. question. No question, Bob. We're eating. NAC2. Alexander, you better get your ass ready, homie. <laughs> so look at what the guy the right now. Hey, yeah. Yeah, no. Hey, hey do you, I got I, I, I to gotta make a phone call. I'll be right back, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the bill's coming. <laughs> All right, well, see, look. The defensive line, you know, at this point, three. You need at least four guys, four to five guys in the interior because they alternate them. Uh, just like that NASCAR. They alternate guys, you know, as fast as they can. So, you, of course, you got Fletcher and Hargraves as starters. But then after that is Milton Williams. Um, he was a rookie last year. And then they got uh, Marlon uh, Tuapalutu. He's another rookie from um, USC. He didn't get any burn last year. Milton got a lot of burn last year. So, this, I mean, they're not even really a solid two deep at the defensive line position. So, I mean, you have to find somebody. That's what I'm saying. We have to get some depth at the at the, at the defensive line position in the interior. That's why I'm saying Wyatt, as far as one of those guys they need to go out and, and, and pick up in the uh, draft, Wyatt is like my number one guy. You know, everybody's saying the other kid, you know, big number 99. I, I don't know from Georgia. I don't know. Jordan if, Davis? Yeah, Jordan Davis. I don't know if he'll be there. But I do know if Wyatt is there, he need to pick him up. Because he was the centerpiece in that defense that made that whole defense work. You know what, though, Barrett, the other guy, too. Um, let, oh, no, no, you're right, Walker. Wyatt. And you're saying that the other two, Walker and Davis, got most of the credit in that. Yes, in that yes, they got board. most of the credit. But okay. Wyatt was those guys, you know, he, he's one, you know, put his hat down, put his lunch bill up, and went to work, man. And a lot of the double teams he got, which led Davis into getting a lot of those plays one-on-one. If you look at those plays, he was one-on-one. It's the reason why he was one-on-one. And beating somebody. That's because Wyatt garnered the double team. They wanted the double team Wyatt. He was that much of an imposing threat in the middle of that defense. That's why he was able, Davis was able to get those one-on-ones all the time. He, Davis has probably increased his value because of what he did at the Combines. When you run no 4-7-8 yeah. at 351, dude, and you're 6'6", you, you're going to move up, dude. Man, you're not supposed to be able to do that. No. The human body is not meant no. to be that fast, no. that big, and that no. explosive. No, you know, no. What I'm and, and that agile, like, like, who players act like that? Like big baby. Yeah, when he exactly. played basketball, that, exactly. those are the kind of guys that yep. move like that. 
that are are agile. Like like Shaquille O'Neal, I've said this before. Shaq's the greatest athlete I have ever seen in my life. Bear, I watched him in Orlando, and I lived in Orlando. And I, this was young Shaq, LSU Shaq. You see this seven foot two guy running down the court the way he was and the athleticism he had. I used to look at my wife and go, I have never in my life seen an athlete that right. agile, that fast, that explosive. When Shaq was in Orlando, he was a unbelievable athlete, man. He got bigger in LA and he 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 picked his spots more, but Shaq was a 48 minute guy in Orlando. Barrett, you never seen anything like it. Well, who's I remember the, who's the biggest it. dude you've ever seen? Oh. On the field. On the field. Uh a guy I played with, his name was Aaron Gibson. Aaron Gibson was six foot eight, four hundred pounds, had abs, and could do the splits. That's he had, they had to make it they had to make a helmet for him. Look him up right now. If you look him up and say just put in Aaron Gibson abs. I, I, I mean, I act even the stream. Look it up. Aaron Gibson and abs. And let's see what comes up. Can you imagine if Shaquille O'Neal played tight end? Oh, even LeBron. How about left tackle? Even LeBron. You know, hey, get this. So um, one of my boys from the Miami Hurricanes coached him in college. And he was his high school coach in, in Cleveland. And LeBron was a two-time All-State flanker. And he said that LeBron would have been a Hall of Fame football player if he had decided to go. He said LeBron was a sick football player. He goes, man, he never seen anything like it. Then they See? just made him stop playing yep. because he, you know, he had the NBA draft coming up. But they said that he was just insanity as a football player. He would have made it. Well, I just no question about that, man. I mean it- – it, it's guys like that that you look at that once they start centering in on what they what they was was going to pay the bills, you know that's really you know what, why they go in that direction. I mean, come on, man, LeBron was just sick looking, bro, sick in high school. You know, he, he had to just focus on one thing. You know, I, I see a lot of guys. Look at AI. AI was a. a oh. he, they said he'd have been an um, All Pro defensive back. Oh, dude, but get another hey, – Bobby Bowden offered him a scholarship to come down and play at, at Florida State quarterback because he was like Michael Vick, like right, before right. Vick and stuff. He was like this really insane football, and he had a decision to make. Either he was going to play um, football or basketball, and Iverson was such a gifted athlete, man. Uh, dude, like, you, like I tell you, man, AI is one of them. Well, hey, He's look, one of my top five guys. Man, I I just – I'm an Iverson guy. I just Bubba. love that one. Iverson. It's I mean, whole story. You know, but look, look at look at the stream. I have people look it up, man. Look at Aaron Gibson. He's got abs, bro. He had abs at three. He had, he had abs at four hundred pounds. That's crazy. I mean, That's crazy. Dude, Shaq, Shaq is the best thing I have ever. I, I we used to, to, I used to like just go to watch him run, man. Barrett, he would run up and down the court with speed and agility. Right. I mean, seven two, man, just killing mothers, man. I mean. And back then, you had really great centers like Robinson were still in the league. You had Ewing that was still in the league. Olajuwon was. I'll tell you this. Best center, I, I, I saw Shaq versus Olajuwon in the um, in the NBA Finals. Okay? Came to Orlando. 
I'll tell you, man. Okay, I know Jabbar's great. Yeah, I know that all the dude Akeem had a perimeter shot. He never missed free throws. He was a defender. He wasn't quite as big as Shaq. He was, but I'll tell you this: you'd be hard pressed to find a better center than Akeem Olajuwon. I I thought Akeem was one of the best players I've ever seen, and that includes Michael Jordan. He was so amazingly great. I mean, that duck under, you know, he would do under and yep. that shake and bake <laughs> that he would do on the box. It, watching him play against Shaq or David Robinson, he owned him every time he played against him. I, I remember telling my wife one time, Bert, she she was watching him. I go, watch this guy. And this was against the Lakers when they still were the Lakers. And she goes, this guy, Elijah, once got 35 and 20. I go, every night he does that. <laughs> every night. Every, every night, night he's 35 and 20. I mean, he was such a great basketball player. Ridiculous. God, what a great center. Those those battles, too. And he owned them. Even though Shaq went 28 and I think 12 in that series, Hakeem was sick in that series. They swept them. Well, I mean, he couldn't really handle Hakeem because Hakeem brought that as, um, aspect of – once he took it outside, you know, he couldn't really hang with, with you know, Shaq really couldn't have a foot speed to, to deal with Akeem. And plus he had the jumper too. So it was like a different, it was, you know, two different games. You know, Akeem was, Akeem was, 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 was dirt before, you know, you know, really, you know, you had big guys shooting jumpers. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like you see now with KD at seven feet shooting yeah, jumpers and Dirk yeah. and those guys, Elijah Wan was that guy. All right. I want, you know, I made, I made a small mistake yesterday in the price tags of those base salaries of the players that are the greatness of the Eagles offensive firepower. That was the salary cap. Here are the actual salaries of your team, Barrett Brooks, your Eagles team, your offensive firepower for 2022 prior to the draft. You're ready. Smith, $825,000 base salary. <laughs> Watkins eight ninety five, Pascal one million, Goddard one million, Sanders one point two. Man, you ain't got five million dollars in five players. That was their that was their cap hit. You you no, no, no. yeah yesterday was the cap hit. This is their actual base salary. You, your two wide receivers make less than nine hundred grand. Wow, Barrett. People go like this. Sills, you think it's all about money? In the NFL, I do. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. You know, we're talking about, we're sitting back talking about, you know, what their starts out. Those are the impact players. Those are the guys that are going to go out and score the points, you know. <laughs> and you look at everybody else's roster. There's no roster as cheap right now as the guys that are supposed to execute this offense than the Eagles. I mean, even with, even with the Ravens, the Ravens even paid a little money. But the Ravens haven't paid their quarterback yet, and he's sitting back. He's sitting back in stealth mode right now, thinking, all right, I'm just going to sit back, let everybody get paid, and then I'm going to jump out there. Because you have to pay him. He's the franchise quarterback. He's going to be there. What so I don't saying, like about his deal, though, he's doing it himself with his mom. I mean. No. No, he's yeah. not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Come yeah, he is. On, no. Yeah, no, he's not. his own agent with his mom. His mom oh. and him, honest to God, his mom and him are cutting this deal with the Ravens. Yeah, it's a fact. He no. has no agent, and his mom and his and him are cutting the deal, and this is probably why it's taken a little too long here. Well, I mean, you look at it, man. 
I mean, of course they're gonna have a a, a, a lawyer look over the contract. You think? Look, I'm hoping. There's gonna be so much money that's gonna be left on the table. You know, oh, yeah. When you do it that way, I mean, I, I messed up and negotiated my contracts. You know, but you know it is what it is. I thought I knew. I don't know. And plus, you can't be the bad guy. You know, you can't really, really be a bad guy when you're negotiating yourself. So you were so cheap, you didn't want to give the four percent to an idiot. Nope. I couldn't see myself doing it, hey, man. That four percent bugged you, didn't it? It did, man. Every year I'm paying you every year. Uh, that you know, come on, man. Come on now. I I, I can't do it, bro. I, I oh my god, man. Hey, that's so. No wonder you weld everything. <laughs> I should have known it. Hey, man, I make bumpers and I negotiate my own deal. <laughs> Screw you, man. <laughs> Put boats together, cars, you know. I'll do it myself. My daughter's on me right now. I got to go uh, fix her car. I'm like, yo, I just, it's too cold. Man. You know, <laughs> we had squaws here in Philadelphia in, in Jersey yesterday. Squaws. Snow really? squaws. Yeah. I know they call squaws down. First time I heard about squaws was down in Florida because they had like a 10-minute a, a squaw just come yeah. in and just rain for 10 minutes. And then it's hot as hell again. Yeah. Well, up here we get squaws, but it's snow, and it's, it's, it's it for ten minutes it just snow heavy. It, in fact, it was um there was a major accident this morning um in which it was fifty car pileup, five people died. You know, what I'm saying from those wow. squaws. Yeah, there was a wreck, and after the wreck, they, you still couldn't see anything. You couldn't see it was like zero di- uh, visibility, and people hauling ass down the highway, not knowing that there's an accident in front of them. And these cars are going 50, 60 miles an hour, just running into the back. These cars are already in the accident, bro. It was crazy. People got out their cars to get away from their cars. And as they're getting away, they're filming and watching these cars 50 miles an hour hitting these trucks and everything. A truck set on fire and it it had melted and burned into the concrete. They had to literally scrape it off the concrete. It, it had welded itself into the concrete, man. That's how hot the fire, uh, fire was for those uh from this uh this tanker so well, dude, they would have hired your ass you to got that thing off the road but there's no question you know welded that thing cut that thing right in half <laughs> you got the jaws of life you cut you probably have a jaws of life in your garage that's probably my next purchase <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually you know, you know what i'm doing after work actually after after this tell show. me man let me guess you're making a roof no <laughs> <laughs> no uh, this guy he's got a um he's got one of those um those lifts, you know what I'm saying, a, a, an actual lift that I could put in my garage. It's a small lift. It'll only lift the car up like maybe uh, seven, eight feet in the air. And in my, it's just big enough. It's just small enough that it's, it could fit inside my garage. And I'm going to look at it. He wants $1,200 for it. So I'm going to go check it out. He says it's still in, it's still uh, in it, you know, hooked up and everything. He's going to show me how much it can pick up and all this. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, you know, so. Here's, yeah, you're right. DYI, out of die. That's we'll kill it. <laughs> yeah. Here's 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 what I'm I'm working on. So my my refrigerator's gone out. We got another one in the uh, in the garage, and guess what? So we got to get a dolly. I'm not I'm not having this thing fixed. So I'm just getting this this thing, and I'm gonna lift this bitch up over <laughs> this. I, I, this is gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this dolly. Take this refrigerator. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I've, right. I've already really, and I've come to the conclusion of this, that I need some help. Or back in the day, I just put that bitch on my back, and I would carry right. that thing. <laughs> now it ain't happening any longer. Okay, so. 
oh, no, I don't know anything. I just know how that I'm going to get a dolly and I'm going to carry it. So we're going to measure it and shit. And we're going to try to, we're, me and my wife are going to try to lift this thing by ourselves. And we're going to try to put this thing in a section. All my meats are ruined. I'm so pissed off too at it. So I'm going to lift this thing up and we'll see if we're able to, hopefully I don't electrocute myself. Because, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you should have seen this, man. We're in the garage, man. I plug this thing in. I go, you think it works? And she's like this. She goes, there's the plug. I go, oh, it's on me, right? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's on you, man. So I put it in there. I go, oh, it works. She goes, great. And so this guy's got this. There's plugs in the ceiling. So I'm like, okay, here we go. This thing's working. I don't know. So that's my job, man. I'm going to – so I'll probably be injured for about two months. Right. <laughs> Your back's going to be killing me. Oh, killing me. Dude, the other day, man, I was carrying a – um. I was carrying my wife's like wagon up a hill. I told you, I think I told you this. I'm at, I'm at rugby practice. I'm carrying this thing, 60 pounds up a hill. There's a bum sitting over here and he goes like this. Hey man, you want, might want to throw them chairs over your back. I'm, I look at the guy and I go, well, you know, he's got everything nicely packed. <laughs> I put everything on my back. So this weekend, man, I parked my car like in a different section so I didn't have to go very far because it's all about comfort zone right no now. No question. Yeah, man, I don't happen, know. Man. We'll see how this works. I might try to hire – I don't know. Maybe I'll hire some guy to carry this thing because I don't know, man. If I can – Big Sills, I'm kind of ha- I'm kind of retired now on that. You don't carry shit, do you? No, bro. I, I, right now, I got to get my garage cleaned out. And um, you know, I actually bought too much um, – too much um flooring it's not it's not marble it looks like marble but it's not marble. I, I forget what they call it but i bought two pallets more than i should have and i actually went out and bought a dolly just so i could move these uh these pallets of, of, of like they look like marble man but the pallet they're 18 by 24 and it's two full pallets of it it's actually and i bet my, they weigh about 100 pounds a piece bro the, no the, the those um the pallets the pallets itself probably weigh like maybe 800 pounds <laughs> I literally went and bought just to move those pallets. I went and bought uh, one of those, uh, you know, things so I can move it around and I could take it back. It's just literally like thirty eight hundred bucks worth of material that's been sitting in my garage for six months. So right now, I'm hoping they take it back from me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's been six months. Well, I have as just as much confidence in me getting that refrigerator upstairs as I do with Howie Roseman running this damn team. I'm a hey. You really think he can put this team back into Super Bowl contention? Do you think that Howie Roseman – I'm going to say this, bro, and I think you may disagree. Come on, man. That Super Bowl was a fluke. Uh, well, I mean, it was the perfect – I'm not going to say it was a fluke, but it was the perfect storm. I mean, when you have Jason Peters was not playing, um, you know, uh, there were so many stars that – that weren't playing and other guys became stars by playing like Patrick Robinson, Patrick Robinson. He was a former first round pick by the saints. He was like a bust. He hadn't done anything good, but he played out of his mind when he got into, um, into nickel situations for the Eagles towards the end of the season. Um, Sproles was hurt, you know? So, so a guy like uh, Corey Clement stepped up and had 400. I mean, he had four catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, there were so many guys, you know, Big V came out and 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 played like a monster, you know, in, instead of Jason Peters playing, you know, in his he was his backup. 
just like Carson. And then, you know, Nick Foles comes in and plays phenomenally. So, you know, I mean, the clouds, the moon, the stars, and the sun just shine right on Philadelphia at, at the right time, which a allowed fluke. them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fluke, man. It was, hey, I mean, it was, it, to me, like, that's like <laughs> explaining Haley's comment to me. Once every 75 <laughs> years, it lines up perfectly and we get oh, an eclipse. I think it was Haley's comment was that year. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, because here's why. When you build a really quality football team, okay, when you build a really quality football team, you build a team that's going to last for a couple years. Yeah. Okay? They bought that team also because all of Howie's free agents, all of them worked. All of them played out of their mind. Alshon played out of his mind. That you, uh, uh, What's his name? Um what was his name? The defensive lineman. Oh my goodness! <sighs> Getting old, man. CT. Man, no, bro. no, I like it because that means um, it must have been a real big impact. Right. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he was actually pretty good. good what what was Barrett, this that football team was not built for long. I no, mean, it wasn't. They, they, it wasn't. That's why I say this. I mean, when you watch this, the Ravens. We're built for success for a long time under Oz. Yep. Do you agree? Yep, absolutely. Through okay. the draft. Through the draft. Patriots too, right? Yep. Through the draft. And and that's the big thing right here. You, you get longevity. Just like Snyder. Snyder built Kansas State of junior colleges just to start it off. To start recruiting guys that can come in. Hey, look, we're a winning program now. It was those guys that, you know, set the foundation. And when they started bringing guys like me in, we kind of let thing put things in, into you know the right direction after that because you know then the draft I mean, then the um guys he recruited started coming up and they started maturing. But before then, he didn't have any of his guys there. He ran off to half the team, worked them out of there, and got them out of there. The bad seeds out, and then he started bringing in junior college guys that could play right now, so they could have immediate impact. Because you got to win in order to have guys come play for you. Then he got those guys to come play for it. Then, the, you know, young guys start coming in like myself and started building a culture there that was Snyder's culture. But before that, he couldn't because they just were sorry. They had won a game in five years. No, they were I, – I don't ever remember K-State being decent Bro. until your time yeah. when all of a sudden they started winning games. And The Big A conference – it was the Big A conference then. What's that? It was the Big Eight conference then. I mean, there were two teams that nobody oh, that's knew right. were in the you Big were Eight. You were the Big Eight. Yeah, it was two teams. You were teams. at the tail end of the Big Eight. Yep. So it was it was it was Iowa State and Kansas State. Nobody knew who Kansas State was. Nobody knew who Iowa State was. But everybody knew about at the time it was Nebraska powerhouse. Oklahoma was a powerhouse. You had um you know Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State because of, you know you know you had um. Thurman Thomas and, and Barry Sanders. Missouri was kind of fair, weren't they? Missouri was pretty good, you know. Uh, and also they were basketball. Arkansas was, was in, basketball. Arkansas was in the Big Eight. Was it? I didn't know that. No, no. Oh, no, they were Southwest Conference. That's Southwest Conference, yeah, yeah. They were. That's right. They were South. Did you play against the Southwest Conference, too? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, I so played. they had taken that away already. Yep, yep, yep. I played against – I actually played against um BA and – um. And um, when he was at Temple, you know, we blew him out, too. <laughs> we beat the hey heck man, out of him. Check Temple. it out here. We got some good news here coming up here on the old Jacob Media Channel here. And Barrett and D-Gun, Rob Ellis, 
Oh, you powerhouse, man. Rob Ellis, an encyclopedia for Philly sports. Sports, period, man. I mean, I started my broadcasting career with, with Rob Ellis and D-Gun, man. And you know how me and D-Gun go. So, I mean, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be from 12 to 3. Can't wait to start. We don't even have a name for it yet. We're still we're still trying to work out all the ins and outs of it. You know what I'm saying? But the three of us, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, phenomenal, man. You know what and I'm then, saying? So, um, we're adding an hour to our show. We're going three to six right after these guys. Yep. I, I, hey, I already got the name for the show. Big Sills. Starring Big Sills. <laughs> <laughs> big Sills starring Big Sills. I mean, I, I just, that's how I roll, man. I, <laughs> hey, well, I don't, I don't. Hey, my my show is Big Sills starring Big Sills, man. <laughs> so you so you're going three hours instead of two. Yeah, I'm gonna go three hours. More loving, man. That's all it is, man. Yeah, More loving. Yeah, man. All good, man. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that starts like April 18th. April 18th. April 18th. The show, so. so here you go, man. We got. Can you imagine that? Me, D Gun, Rob Ellis for three hours, and bam, Big Sills for three hours. Right. That's Pack, man. Jacob Media. That's going to start. Um, <laughs> Maniac is like, Sills now three hours. That's right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's oh, right. Man. Three hours, oh. man. Three hours. So he said, hey, okay. Brother Hannibal said, what? Peter King said, birds will draft a quarterback in the first? They better not do that, man. That's going to set the franchise back another two more years. Dude. I said it yesterday to you. Bear, let's take a timeout and hit on that. All right. Okay, let's take a timeout and hit on that. And, hey, by the way, okay, man, you got to make at least um, a guest appearance once a week because I'll do for you if you want to do it on me too, man, when we start the new shows because we have too much fun. Right. Wait, let's start a segment. Their numbers have never been this high for the middle ever. You pick the day that's best for you. Uh-huh. And you, uh, well, well, I'll have a G Cobb. Se- I'll have a G Cobb seg- uh, segment for you if you want. Bro, I, I want I, you. I, I just me and you, bro. Just me and you. We can rock it out, bro. Absolutely, we'll man. That's awesome. All right. So please hit the like button. Keep back in three minutes. Keep it right here on the middle. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. 
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. Middle, Barrett Brooks, Dan Silio. Please hit the like button. Thank you. Ugh. This guy here, I get emails every now and then or text messages. Dude, wait till I tell you who it is. And he's such a freak show. <laughs> every, time, every time I get him on my show, it's a train wreck. It's just a train wreck. Guess who it is? Who's that? It's Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> he, he is a freaking train wreck. <laughs> Lenny is my dude, man. I had him on a couple of shows with me, man. Something to, now, we should have a show. That's, you know, in the breaks. That's when the show really begins, in the breaks. And talking what, that to him, pregame man. thing we do? Oh, yeah, bro. Dander won't shut his hole, that's why. He's always <laughs> on my ass about something. Here, let me read it to you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Checking in. Oh. <laughs> okay. How are you? Okay. Well, you know, I need your help. I'd appreciate it if you could email me back. I'm unable to talk on the phone right now due to a serious throat. Please let me know. He's had this throat issue for like eight years. If you're online, please, best regards, Lenny. Man, every time I get this guy on. Did you hear? I mean, just talking stories with him, man. I mean, it was like he said it was like a five-year period, man. That It was just it was just off the rails for him, you know. Every time I put him on, the interview's off the rails. Hey, you know, this guy's a piece of shit. And I'm going like, <laughs> this is when I'm on the radio, too. And I'm going, Lenny, can't say that, man. You got to. <laughs> We're done. He goes, oh, the guy was a piece of shit. Strawberry turned on, turn on me. <laughs> I go, Lenny, there's a guy who wrote a book, man, says you owe him 350 grand. He goes like this. I don't owe anybody anything. I'm going like, you know, I heard. There was a guy in Florida, man, that he said you flew around on his jet for $30,000 a pop, too. Crawford Kurtz, a friend of mine. Yeah, he flew him around. He was talking about buying his jet. He wanted to test it out. So Crawford goes, all right. Guy owned a wing house. It's like a knockoff of Hooters. Crawford played quite a bit of years in the NFL. He was an offensive guard for the um, for the Cowboys. And um, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> And so I go, you're going to put that guy in your airplane and fly him to Dallas and back. That's 35 grand of your money. You'll never get it back. And he goes, nah, nah, seen all the books. I go, the books. You've seen a check. A check, dude, is as good as this piece of paper of mine. Right, 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 right. Okay. Bro, <laughs> he, he goes said, like uh... this. Sure enough, man, he's flying around at Crawford's plane. He goes, that son of a bitch, man, took me for 100 grand. 
I'm like, man, this guy's just <laughs> bro. He was telling he's me always asking about... me for things, man. I'm he was like, in North Jersey, right? He was living what? in North. He was living in North Jersey. Oh, he lives in California now. I don't know how. Right. Well, he was living in North Jersey at the time, and he was he was living with this woman in this mansion. And the woman was older. <laughs> and it was a sugar. It was a sugar. This model. guy's Paul Crew. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's Paul Crew from the longest yard. Yeah. He's kept dude. And he sounds like Will Smith. <laughs> oh my god. He said, he said, yeah, man. She, you know, I was a sex slave for a minute, man. Talking about, you know, a bad deal, man. But hey, I ate and drank the finest, so. It wasn't all that bad, but I tell you, you know, you know, she was an old broad, but hey, life was good. <laughs> you know, the lights had to be out, but life was good. I'm like, bro, who hey, says she was that? An old broad, but man, life was good. Man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he said he was living with. Him. I mean, just living with. Him. I'm like, bro, you know what that is? <laughs> See, that would be, you know, I mean, I've been after you're married 34 years, man. You have fantasies in your life, and that would be. The ultimate fantasy is that I just have this like eighty year old lady who's on the last respirator, and you know I, I just Wait, like, do I need to stop you right now? Man, I need to stop you before you go. No, no. This, just she had like millions and millions of dollars, and just you know, I'm in her will. I want to be. I want to be like one of those girls, man. You know, American Danilo, like Jello. <laughs> Silly, silly old gigolo. <laughs> but now that's what he called hey, himself. Now you know why I've been thrown off the radio. Right, I'm like, I was, I was going to stop you before you really start. Uh, Baby, there's no stopping anymore. <laughs> it's like Will Smith smacking Chris uh, Rock. There's no stopping me now. I'm on stage. It's over. Bro, you see the memes for that, man? Oh, <laughs> said, too. They say I next year it's going to be Tyson. Do you like Dave Chappelle? Yeah, that's my dude, man. Dave Chappelle. That got me through all these camps, man. Just watching the Chappelle show, you know. He got me through a bunch of camps. Dude, but I just I, watch the well, show. Dave Chappelle to me is the new. He, he he is the new dude that has taken what those guys did in the past, like Richard Pryor, and yeah. dude, that Jesse Smollier <laughs> bit that he does. Real famous French actor, Jesse Smollier. <laughs> dude, he rips on everybody and he rips on anything and you know what i love about it he reminds me of an era in this country where you could tell jokes and not be so serious and by the way i know everybody's listening and watching us you know what i miss barrett you and me being in a locker room where you can say whatever you want no one judges you no one says anything with for you and i think that's why i know i get in trouble because I miss and yearn for those days because everything was, there was nothing off limits. Anybody brought everything up. We were in our own world. And you, hey, by the way, there was justice in them rooms too. Somebody got a little serious. You had to go to the center ring. Yep. yep. Had to deal with it in certain ways. We policed ourselves, man. We policed ourselves. And in locker rooms, it was a respect factor in locker rooms. So everybody stayed, oh, you can say whatever you want. Like, you know, White dudes wasn't saying the N-word or nothing like that. It wasn't because because it was a respect factor in there. You know what you could get away with, what you couldn't get away with. You know what you, you know, this is your brother. So why would you want to do something like that anyway? So that's what people don't understand. Locker rooms, sports cross all barriers, all race, creeds, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I mean everything, economics. It, it, 
it's just a place where everything mixed. Talking about the mixing pot, a mixing bowl. That's what sports are, and that's what you could do. Sports is just like fishing, and I tell my tell my captain all the time, man. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or what what direction you're going. When you get on that boat and you're fishing, you know your lives is in the captain's hands. So you know it's a respect factor that comes with it. So you're gonna complete yourselves accordingly. But you're also going to understand that, you know, that's a friendship and relationship out there. You know what I mean? And just like I can beat my brother's ass, <laughs> he can probably beat my ass, too. You know what I'm saying? So it, hey. that's just what it is. It's hey. just what it is. I'm going to I'm going to tell you this. It's pretty racy story. How I learned a lesson when I first got down to UM. Dude, this is this is bad on me, but whatever. So my 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 Catholic high school, I think we had one brother in the school. Okay, I recruited all these white kids, and I don't just I I played in this Stanford Catholic. So I get down after the whole shit with Maryland. I get down to Miami, and Jimmy puts me in a quad with three brothers. I got Jerome, I got Michael Urban, and I got this guy Donnie Ellis. So I put my bags down. I look around. I'm like, damn. All right. So <laughs> and I could see a drone. I could see it, right? So I don't say shit for about two days. And there's hair all over the floor. All this shit, everything, you know, stockings everywhere. <laughs> so I go to Jimmy. I go, coach, you know, I mean, he's like, what? I go, what? What? And I go, well, so he told Jerome. <laughs> and I, I I couldn't say it. So he he Jerome goes, Hey, I want you to do me a favor. No one's here. Cut my hair. And I go, dude, I felt like I was in prison. Like one of them, <laughs> one of them boys in prison. He goes, cut my hair. And so I'm like, so I'm 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 cutting his hair. I got the razor, I'm cutting his hair. I'm doing he goes, No, 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 man. I want a design over here. I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. <laughs> He goes, get that thing. Oh, and I'm so I go to Coach Johnson the next day. I go, now they got me cut in hair. <laughs> and he goes like this. I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> and I couldn't say it. So Jerome gets me another day. He goes, so there's all this soul food in the in the in the refrigerator. I'm looking in there. I'm going, what's the chicken, man? He goes, no, there's collars and grits. And he goes, you know what grits are? I go, grits. I don't know what a grit is, dude. No idea what grits are. So he goes, God damn, are you white? And I go, no, I'm Italian. And he goes, man, are you Italian? Man, what the hell? You don't never seen any of this food? He goes, no, I don't know any of this. Collars, stuffed intestines. I don't eat that shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. What happened in that whole process? I live with people. I learned about people's culture. I learned about love. I learned about friendship. I learned... I learned about every single thing that I didn't know in life was in that room and in that locker room at Miami because I learned how to get along. I learned how to live. I learned what other people were thinking, how they saw things. You know, it's funny, this new Rooney role that's out there, they got a, uh, a to be on every coaching staff. Yep to expand the Rooney rule. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder how Barrett sees that because to me, I want the best coach on my coaching staff 
But I would say this also, having seen black coaches pass by with opportunities, it's probably something that has to be implemented because you just don't see enough coordinators that are minorities now in the NFL. So I'm assuming that this is a form of affirmative action that all 32 owners have come to the conclusion of down in uh, Palm Beach where they're having the owner meetings this week, that it has to be. You know what I'm saying? Barrett, yeah. I guess it – because me going like this, hey, I, you know, as a, as a white guy, I'm going, hey, I just want the best coach. Yeah, well, that's easy for me to say. But as a black person looking through that lens, you see, because you see things differently. And that's why people are we're talking – when they talk about white privilege, I don't really like that label because I think it's hokey. But when, but when I see things, I just show up to play football. Hank Aaron, when he showed up to play baseball, they broke dinner plates and burned bed sheets. Right, right. And so it's you always have to be cognizant and bear to circle back to what my education was at Miami. That was the greatest education I ever got because I see things through my teammates' eyes sometimes now and how I see it. And I always think about how would Jerome look at that? How would he how would he see that? So our locker rooms and all that stuff. You know, if you've ever been in anybody's locker room like that and you've played the amount of levels that you and I have played, I think it's the greatest education of all time because sports breaks barriers down, like you said. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's I, was in, I was in the exact opposite. I went to Kansas State, you know, one of the widest places you can be in. They put a university in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> and it was an agriculture school. That would have frightened me. Right. <laughs> Dude, seriously, that would have. If I didn't see any brothers, I don't want to be involved in that because I've always said this: if I can, hey, I want to be on a football team. I want, I want to have diversity on my football team. I want to be in the mix of it. I don't want to be on an all-white team, bro. It was twenty-six thousand students there, and it was only twelve hundred blacks, and half of them were were mil- from the military. Yep, half of them were from the military. And the other half were the athletes at Kansas State. And I can remember walking to class one day, and this girl, she was just curious. She was just staring at me. So the first day I'm walking, and she's staring at me. And I see her staring at me. I'm like, all right, why is she staring at me? But I just keep walking. The next day, she does the same thing. So I'm walking back one time. She finally just stops and She said, look, I don't want to be prejudiced or anything, seem like I am, but I have never seen – <laughs> uh, a, 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 a black person. Well, she didn't say black person. She said colored. A colored person. Of course. Well, well, first of all, we're gonna stop with the colored stuff. We're, gonna, we're not gonna say that. But she's like, well, what's the mean? I was saying black guy. She said black guy. Well, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm. See, I'm not trying to be, you know, racist or anything. But I've never had this opportunity. I come from a town. She said, I come from a town that they don't have a stoplight. They just got stop signs. There's only 800 people in her town. She graduated her class of six. We're in her class, six people. So she came up to me. She said, you know, I, I just I just wanted to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? And then she looked in the back of me to see if I had a tail because she had heard all black people have tails. Like, nah, they don't have tails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't have tails, you know. No, but, but- I got something else for you that resembled that tail. <laughs> I didn't say that, y'all. But, but look. <laughs> I don't know. But look. But then, you know, she said, you know, would you mind me? you know, touch your face. So she took her hand and she did like this and looked at her hand to see if it came off. I said, no, they don't come off either. This is ridiculous. Right. But she had never, she saw him on TV. She saw us on TV, but she never like had devil. an experience like that. And she ended up being, you know, 
really good friend of mine. You know, we took a couple of classes together. She really be a really good friend. And I can remember, you know, her parents coming up and I got them four tickets to a game. And they first met me. That was their first experience being around a black person also. Their first experience. So, I mean, it was like, it's like the opposite of what you went through. I went through the opposite. Like, I mean, you know, you know, pumpkin pie. Ain't no such thing as pumpkin pie in the black community. It's sweet potato pie. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. You know, there's, there's different cultures involved. Like, they invited me to dinner one time. Oh. You got to give me some seasoning on the chicken. Wasn't enough seasoning on the chicken. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's certain stuff that's different, bro. <laughs> since you're going here, <laughs> since you're going here, wait a minute. I got one for you. I got two great Jerome Brown stories here. My first sexual encounter with a black girl was in Brooksville. Mercy, in, let me say, should I, should I stop the story now? <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should not. Maybe we should. Her name was Sunshine. Believe me. Hey, <laughs> maybe because my aunt watches. I'm not going to do this one. Okay, I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this one in Atlantic City. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to leave. You know what? I think I'm, I'll leave that one for the I'll leave that one for the record books, but I'll give you one of these. Yeah, we'll see. And, and I'll put it like this, you know, her parents, we weren't like kicking it, you know, like we weren't, you know, saying sexual or anything. Like we just, she was just a cool perfect. She was she was an ugly duckling, you know. She wasn't the cutest girl in the world, you know. But I mean, you know, those me, girls look awful good at two a.m. with a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, just she was just a cool person, man. She was just cool people, and I, you know, I get along with anybody. I could talk to anybody, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it, it was just funny, you know, you you going through that experience there, and I went to the exact opposite. You know what? I mean, she did used to let me use her car, you know, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Or she bring food over, you know, wow. if I was hungry and stuff, you know. It was like that. It was just she was just That's a nice. good friend, you know what I mean? And, and you weren't hitting it? That's no, crazy. I wasn't even hitting it, man. In fact, I used to help her with her homework. Oh man. You know what I'm I helped her with her homework. Not See, the opposite I had around being friends with women. I just cuz every I was like a hunter. <laughs> it was it was terrible. I my wife, my daughter. Thank God she's not here, man. Here, <laughs> I just, I was terrible, man. I mean, there wasn't. If, I mean, I was up for a oh, good night. It was terrible, man. How I acted sometimes. Not no, not any disrespect, but with just. Oh yeah, it was. No, she was. She was. She was just what she. There was. Hey, how about this, man? I tried to catch Wilt. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to catch Wilt a few years, yeah. man. I tell you, I was in there too, man. I was like, you know, I, I have asked told you this story before, but man, I swear to you, I Jerome gets to the Eagles, I get to the Bucks, and this ass head gets me to come up to Brooksville, man, in this parade, man. And I'm telling you, you can Google it. Jerome Brown breaks up a Klan rally. I had no idea what, what I was doing. <laughs> I get up there. I thought we were just having – Jerome loved Brooksville, loves Brooksville. It's where he's from, everything. So we get up there. Hey, where's, what's the parade? I just think I'm going down the street parade, Dan Cilio, Buccaneer, Jerome and I, you know, teammates, two years, and love one another. I see these guys walking at me with these, with these like, uh, hats on. I go, what the hell is this, a Catholic uh, parade? He goes, man, that ain't no pope. 
I'm Klansman. I'm going, what, you, what is this? He goes, oh, we're going to break up this Klan rally. I said, you got me up here. You know I got a racist owner in you, Culver House. And you got me up here breaking up a Klan rally? He goes, we're going to beat these mother effers up here, brother. And I go, Jerome, this is going to be in the newspapers. We're breaking a Klan rally up. He goes, wait, you don't want to help? I'm like, I didn't say that. You know me. I'll help you. And I said, but dog, you know what that guy did, man? That guy went right up to the clans guys. He ended up getting everybody to take their hoods off. And I always said this, hey, man, why do your horses have hoods, man? I know it's a horse. <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy looked over and, and Jerome goes, don't mind him, man. He's from Northeast. He don't know shit. Okay. And so I go, I know it's a horse. Okay. <laughs> and so. The guy, so Jerome had talked so much sense into this. We had a cookout. Every black person, Google it, man. If Sports Illustrated did a story on it, we had a cookout with every black person in Brooksville, Florida, and the Klan, because Jerome had settled the thing down because he did not want it to get out of hand where people were hating on one another. That's the kind of power that That's guy up, had, man. man. And yeah. I sat and looked at him after everything was said and done. He goes, see the good we did here, man? Okay? People have differences. No matter what their shit is, man, we're going to make sure we settle it the right way. That's not with your hands. Right. And I looked at Jerome and I said, dude, this is why you're the leader of our football team and why I love the hell out of you. And I always will love the hell out of you. Man, I cried so hard when that fucker died. I Bro. did. I, it was – so did Reggie uncontrollably Barrett we're we're in that in that I'll never forget my wife's there we're in that church Chris Carter's bawling buddy Ryan's there every Philadelphia Eagle Clyde Simmons was there Seth Joyner was there every Eagle and Hurricane was in that building man Cortez Kennedy Russell Maryland all the Dallas Cowboy coaches were all in this place there wasn't a dry eye in that bitch and you know why that guy taught me a lot about life. He taught me a lot about getting along. He told me about cultures. Man, there's not a day that goes by. I don't think of that guy. Just just, just amazing on how yeah. he handled himself. And here's the same guy we're getting off an airplane with grenades and machine guns to go play against Penn State. And I'm thinking, <laughs> hey, I, I go, you think this is a smart idea? They already think we're convicts and assholes. And he goes like this. Man, that's great. That's a merit badge when someone calls you an asshole. And I'm going like, oh, okay. So, hey, I'm an asshole. <laughs> that's what Dude, it is. Man, like I had the best education, Barrett, of all time being around them dudes, man. Well, I mean, that's you know, this is what it is, man. It's like the string someone's like, oh, should have hit. No, no. I mean, like, she was like, she was so skinny. Like, you rub her legs and you'd start a forest fire. You know what I'm saying? That's how skinny this girl. She had a little onion on her, though, but she was just too skinny, man. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, you know, I'm like, and she was tall too. She was, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being tall, but she was like maybe 5'11. Wow. Real skinny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she had big feet. So you know I wasn't trying to dig uh -oh. that. You know what I'm saying? You know, so but she was just cool in the fam, man. I just, you know, I was just cool with her, man. And you know, like I said, I helped her with her homework, you know what I'm saying? Helped her out with a lot of stuff. She was just a good person, man. Just a good person. Her parents didn't approve it. They were like, you know, well, why why are you always around my daughter? I see your daughter's always around me. I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't go 
seek her out. You know, see, what I'm saying? see my yeah. my my folks were like, it wasn't anything to do. It could be a black chick that because I dated black women. I didn't care. I dated Puerto Rican women, Jewish women. I dated them all. And my grandfather and my grandmother finally go, Hey, why can't you ever date one of your own? I go, What? <laughs> a hair lipped Italian chick that's gonna knock me out one day. <laughs> and she they're like, Why don't you ever like date your own? And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there going, like, my, my my uncle who's German. My aunt Nelly used to always go, God, you know, the germ- oh, by the way, don't I forgot your uncle's he's German. My aunt Nelly would always go off on everybody who was an Italian. <laughs> How come you don't date your own? Why don't you have an Italian girlfriend? I go, because they're not any around here. They all look the same. <laughs> Bro, that's what it is, man. I just I just that's why I love sports, man. I love just love being in that locker room. I, I love. Yeah, you know, but people it, outside the locker room, they don't get, they don't get. They think the culture inside the locker rooms are all Neanderthal. Everything right. is pound your chest. When it's stories like what you and I are saying, on how you come from different parts of the country, and you're putting these certain. You know what, Jimmy wouldn't believe it. Jimmy didn't believe in having corners in the locker room. Everything had to be in a circle. So right. everybody could look each other in the eye and we were all in there in the middle and we were all talking to one another and everybody could see each other. He didn't like corners because he thought corners led to people whispering and he didn't like whispering in the locker room. He wanted everything to be in. And, you know, being in those locker rooms, Barrett, again, I think that has been the greatest thing of my life, but also it's hurt me because when I say something in a locker room to you, you get it. When I say something in like, watch this. When I when when I say hey, okay man, that guy's my brother. I mean, hey brother, what are you talking about? And somebody could construe that as being racist. Why are you calling me brother? Because I'm black. And you're like, no man, you're my brother because we're in the locker room together and we were fighting it out and we were yeah, battling exactly. and eating lunch. Exactly. Yep. It's not yep. got anything to do with race. It's got everything exactly. to do with winning and playing together and living together. And people just don't see that. You know what well, I see, mean? See, that's and why that's why this show that's why this show is um is almost like it's needed, man, because. You know, I mean, all the stuff we didn't been through, man, and all the stories we could tell. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, w- I was in Kansas, bro. Bro, it's so flat Seriously. in Kansas. You, you, a dog can run away twenty miles down the road. You were white boy heaven, and I could still <laughs> see it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I could still see twenty miles away. I could still see that damn dog. That's how flat it was out there. You know, and it was just, it's just in the middle of a cornfield, man. They put a university, man. I go downtown. This dude, man. Tyler Tyson Swiger, man. Like I said, he's the guy that you know. I, I don't know if I told you about it. He broke into um he broke into the to the um professor's office, stole the test, and passed it out to all the players. Ran. He broke into, into the classroom, stole the test. While he was in there, he ran off all the copies so he could just <laughs> hand it to everybody on the team that's in the, it's in the class. It's great. <laughs> and we're taking the test. At the time he went to go use the bathroom, he said, "Man, if I flunk this class, I'm not gonna be able to play next year." So he said, you know, I got to do something. So he raised his hand, hey, can I go use the restroom? He goes in, he and can't stay with them old school. So he broke up, they had the little the uh window at the top that you know you could it like bends over a little bit, you know. And he crawls through there, sees the test, runs the test off for each one. It was like 10 of us in the class, came back in, gave us all the test. And we all got like, you know, everybody said, he said, don't do every one of them right. You know, support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saying that way they know you, so don't do it. So guys get 98s. Me, I got a 99 on it. I only got one wrong. <laughs> Dude, I got caught cheating. I I had I had I had this piece of paper, and I was the last guy in class, and there was one seat left. It's in the front. I'm like, God. So I got shit written on my forearm here. I'm going like this. Teacher goes, what you got going on here? I go, nothing. He goes, what's on your... I go, he goes, all right. What, why don't you leave? I get to practice that day. Jimmy Johnson's like, you son of a bitch. I got to go kiss that guy's ass now. Could you know you can get thrown out for this? I was like, hey, yeah, you got to give me at least some effort here. For right, right. I'm trying to play as a class. And really putting an effort in. I mean, I really detailed this thing out. And Jimmy goes, so you want me to give you credit for cheating? Yeah. And he goes, man, when he got back, he had to go kiss the, he had to go kiss the dean of this, this psychology uh, department. He came back and he goes, he says he never wants to see you again. And I went like this. I go. Well, I must have made a massive impression on him. He goes, they're going to give you an incomplete. You're going to take it over in summer. Please, please, if that happens again, we have problems. And I go, okay. He goes, where are you going? I go, uh, I'm practice is over. He goes, oh, no, no, no. Not for you, it ain't. <laughs> you talking about, look, my last story, man. Look, talking about, you know, guys on a, on a team, man. Well, I had this guy, man. His name is Hubbard. Now, Hubbard, he's acting from Jersey. And at the time, I had redshirted, so I wasn't going to away games. Early, you know, in the year, I didn't start traveling to the away games until, like, the last four games. They wanted to get me initiated, you know, because they knew I was going to play. So it's the, third, it's the third week, and Hubbard, you know, he has a car. We don't have a car. So it's me and, and two other guys, and we're from St. Louis. I said, man, let's, 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 let's get a car. Man, let's go to St. Louis. Let's go home. It's all right, cool. So we say – um, Hey, Hubbard, uh, let me use your car. He's like, no, you can't use my car. Well, he left his cars and his, his car keys in his locker. We stole the locker. 
me uh, stole the car keys out the locker. We go get the car. We drive it away. You know, we go back to um, St. Louis, kick it in St. Louis. We come back just before the team gets back on Sunday morning. We get there, and there's a car, a Volkswagen Beetle, in the parking spot that he parks in every single day. A Volkswagen Beetle, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We go get four other dudes on the team. <laughs> we pick this car up. <laughs> and we said it. We, I mean, we messed up though. We shouldn't have said it. We said it in the middle of the parking lot instead of putting it in a spot. We picked it up and put it like in the middle of the street, and 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 drove his car, put his car back there. And the police came and towed that other guy's car. And you know, saying and they're like, well, you know, he's like, well, why would you leave it there? No, my car was parked right here. You know, and he comes. That's the only reason we got caught because the police came and saw that the car was sitting in the lot. He was about to get towed. And that's why we had to tell him, hey, we moved the car. And Hubbard finally found out, oh, you he cussing us out and everything. But we literally tried to make it so it was cool. If we'd have just left it in a, in a parking space, we'd have got away with it. But since we were just lazy and just left it right there, that's why we got in trouble for it, bro. Me and my, me and my boys used to go car tipping. What? We, we used to go car <laughs> tipping, like VWs or and like these those old Datsuns. So me and my boys, man, after we got drunk, and Betty Ann, I love you just as <laughs> okay. Me and my boy Tony Brown, who played at Pitt, played with the Bills too, man. On my high school team, I had three guys playing the NFL off my high school team, which is crazy. Dang. So we get all hammered, man. We just go tipping cars on their side, man, and stupid shit. I had one guy who used to shoot mailboxes. He went, by the way, he went, he went to the University of Pennsylvania. This guy was an Ivy League guy. He was his name was Jerry McFadden. By the way, man, this guy, he passed away um, in 9-11. Worked at Camp oh, Fitzgerald. Man. Oh, yeah, man. But this guy was psychotic. And he he'd take a shotgun out. We're going through these rich neighborhoods. He, he's blowing these, he's blowing these mailboxes to pieces. Bang! And every time they drop me off at home, my grandfather, man. I go, please don't make a lot of noise on the way out of here. <laughs> My grandfather come running out, you son of a bitches. And it's four o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> I go, please don't. Please don't. Please don't, man. Oh God. Let me let's let's take a time out here, man. We'll get back on the rails here with again. You so Peter King is saying. They're saying quarterback for the Eagles. I don't know. I, I, I think I heard a con. It, it was a conflicting uh, a report from the stream, and we'll see. All right, let's we'll do see. that. Hit the like button. Keep it here. Back in three on the middle. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Our two middle Bearbrook Fancilio. By the way, once again. D. Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks, April yes, 18th sir. from noon to 3. And then Big Sills will be going 3 to 6 right after the fellas. This will all be starting on April 18th, so we're all looking forward to it, too. Plenty As more stories. Media here. Plenty more stories, man. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, God. <laughs> bro, some of the stuff, dog, that you know that, that I've experienced in my lifetime, man, are just, you know, some of it's just epic, man. Like, you know, I, I can remember <coughs> in Kansas State, you know, our first bowl game wasn't really, really a bowl game. We played in the Tokyo Bowl in Tokyo, Japan, and, and we played Nebraska. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, and we, we're on our way over. At the time, Nebraska's like ranked like the number one, two, or three in the country. Wait, was this their run where they won a couple in a row? Yeah, yeah, with Tommy Frazier and all yeah, those yeah. guys, and Lawrence Phillips, and, you know what I'm saying, Ahmad Green, all these guys playing there. So we uh we go over there and I can remember us going over there and you could tell, you know, that Nebraska was the the big name and you know everything because we got per diem money, we got 650 bucks. We were like, man, we rich, bro. You know, we're good to go. We go to Nebraska. Nebraska's like, oh man, we got 1800. Like, 1800. What? Yeah, we got yeah, we got 650 and they got 1800. So I'm pissed, you know. So I go to Snyder, you know. So Snyder, whenever I used to matter Coach Snyder, I say, "Call <coughs> him Coach." Like everybody's a Coach Snyder. I say Snyder. I just like that. He's the hate. The, oh, he's the they used to eat him <laughs> up. My name is Coach Snyder Barrett. Coach Snyder. I say Snyder, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know why we only get six hundred fifty bucks? He'd be so mad at me, bro. So, so mad at me, man. But you know, what I mean, is it? You know, that's why he loves me to this day. But we get that six hundred fifty bucks and. I'm like, w- 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 why is this like this? You know, why are they getting more than I'm getting? You know, and, and yada, 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 yada. So we start gambling in the back of the plane. 
and I start winning. I start taking all their money. I end up winning like fourteen hundred bucks. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's me. I'm like, I'm now I got, you know, over the over the six fifty I had. So I got like two grand. He figures out that I was gambling in the back of the thing. Oh my God. As soon as we get off the plane, we go to the field to walk through it just to see how it is. And instead of me walking through to see how it is, he makes me run around the field until we leave. <laughs> I'm running. Yeah, you're gonna take a look at it. I want you to run around this field till we leave. And I'm trying, I'm jogging around. No, 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 no. I, I want you to run. So he has me like a nice little pace running around this field while everybody else is looking at the field. I'm running around the field because I was gambling. I was the only one gambling. It was like, you know, seven of us gambling, but he picks me yeah. to make an example of. Yeah. He picks me. <clears throat> so I'm running around the state. I'm like, come on, man. I, who gets caught gambling on a plane on our way to Japan? And they end up having to run as soon as he gets to Japan. Dude, these, these, you and me have so many. Okay. This, this Fiesta Bowl that I played in is to this day still the most watched college football game of all time. 100 million people watched it. It was the first time they moved a New Year's game to like the second. And it was, this was the 87 Fiesta Bowl. You can look it up. They had like a 29 rating, they've never come close. Because it was on NBC, President Reagan was there. We were. It was good versus evil. It was white hat, black hat, whole thing. And dude, you should see me. I was so uncontrollable. I every press conference, Barrett. I'm showing up. The guy's talking. He's like, "So what do you make of Penn State?" I go, "They suck. This will be the fifth, probably best team we ever play." <laughs> um, I, I'm like, "The quarterback is terrible." And by the way, in the first play of the game, I sacked a guy in a 15-yard sack, and I'm standing over, and I'm giving him the, you know what? You know, I'm doing it in his face. I'm doing the whole thing. I'm on, I'm, I got a picture of it on the New York Times, and it was everywhere, Newsday. And I get up, and I go, I give him the – I'm, 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 every press conference, hey, does it, does it bother you, Cilio, that, um, that you, you, you keep going with this outlaw image? I go – I go, MFR, I am an outlaw, bitch. What? And I go, oh, man, Jimmy would just come over. He goes, why are you doing this? I'm like, hey, man, I want these I want these people to know what's going to happen to this game. We held them to seven first downs. Seven, seven first downs, and we had seven turnovers. Jerome and I had 20 tackles between us. They had seven first downs and 100 in like 50 yards in total offense against us. And we lost 14 to 10. <laughs> Dude. Steve Wisniewski, remember him? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wisniewski's looking at he's me. At huge, five, he's looking at me five seconds left. We beat you, you mother. You beat you finally. I'm sitting there going like, Dude, I kicked your ass from end zone to end zone. And the guy goes like this, check a look at that scoreboard, brother. I'm walking off that field, man. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe I got, we gave up as many first downs as we had interceptions. Vinny Testaverde won the Heisman that year and a hundred million people watched us that night. The next day was my birthday, January 3rd. So I'm sitting there, man. I get on and I'm at the airport and there's, coach 
there's Coach Paterno. He comes up to me, and I'm like, oh, shit. Because we got a chance to go our separate ways. And so Coach Paterno sits down next to me, and he goes, you are one hell of a football player. I said, Coach, <laughs> I mean, you know, we had lost in two years at that time, too. We had we'd ripped off 10 straight the year before, and we ripped off 11 the next year in a row. So I didn't want to hear it. I was like, yeah. He goes, you, you're, you're, you're a fabulous player. Believe me when I tell you, man. Uh, you, you were spectacular. And I'm going like, man, I don't want to hear it, man. I just, I kind of like, and then he went in the press and said that I, I was just as good as Jerome and all this. He was saying all these really nice things to me. But it's funny, I didn't hear it. And finally, he looks over at me. He goes, a loss like this will stick with you for the rest of your life. And use it as as a as a as a motivating thing for you in your life. And you know what? I got a tattoo on my arm, not for the championship we won, but I got a tattoo on my arm. It says '86 Canes because it reminds me to run through the tape. We didn't finish the deal that night, and I I always remember. You know, you start something. I tell my daughter, finish it. You don't like something, don't put your name on it unless you feel like you can go through the tape with it. Do whatever you can to finish something. Because you'll feel better about yourself. So all of our life stories, you know, Barrett, I mean, college football, pro football, especially pro football, because you learn so much more about the business end yep. of it. But the college football stuff was the kind of stuff that set us up for, you know, for, for life and such. And so, you know, I don't know. You're right, man. I mean, yeah. my tattoo here, I got it says 86 canes on it. And it reminds me to run through the tape because that night, I led my team in tackles. I ended up 100 tackles that season, seven sacks. I played Jerome by far. It was my best game and the biggest game of the like ever in college football, and we lost. And everyone goes, what's your, what's your best game? I go, yeah, the game I lost. And it's funny how that works out. You know, you play – because I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in this. You can't say you played your best game in a loss. Right, right. Lost right, the game. Right. I mean, there's no – See, that's the great thing about sports, Barrett. We, we, you and me were, were raised on a scoreboard. You see, people in society today, they move the scoreboard and they move the chains. Like politics, well, he didn't really win that election. You're like, bro, okay, at least in my sport, <laughs> there's a scoreboard. No one cares how he got there. They just care he got there. Right, exactly. And I don't, I'm not with that participation stuff, bro. No, me too, man. You know, I mean, come on. If you, if you, earn, you, you earn the right to play in the game, you earn the right to win. You know, if you didn't earn that right, you know, I don't feel as you need to be um, you need to be rewarded for it. You know, you get rewarded for for, for being successful. Hey, I mean, Barry, that's how you learn a daughter, lesson. My daughter had a seventh place ribbon once. She goes, Dad, what should I do with this? I go, well, I don't know. She goes, here. She threw in the trash can. I said, I love you more now than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is, man. That's what it is, man. I, I I tell my kids, you know, my son was like, you know, saying, oh, you know, dad, we lost, you know, and I played hard, but we, I was like, dog, I understand you played hard, but you lost the game, man. I mean, he's like, yeah, I know, dad, I know, I don't feel any better. I said, I'm glad you don't because it it, it gives these kids a false sense of security that you know, even if you try, you should be rewarded for it. No, you you when you win something, you should you know be rewarded for something. I mean, that's just how I was how I was raised, man, because you, I think you'll give a half of effort if you just know that you're going to get a reward for it. I don't think you're going to give your full attention to what you're trying to obtain unless you 
there's a reward at the end of that, you know, of, of you working and, and finishing it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I don't think you work as hard when you, you know you're going to get a trophy. I don't okay. Like okay, Xander. So, e- McNabb lost a game and Eli won it. Oh, my God. Eli Manning versus <laughs> Donovan McNabb is dumb. You would take – who would take Eli Manning over Donovan McNabb? I want to. I want to. I want to see the um, idiotic people on here. Who, in their right mind, would take that guy? Don't Donovan. Eli. You you wouldn't, right? No, no. I already told you. Oh, I'd yeah. go with five, man. Because he he was a product. He's a product of that defense. A product of that team. Man. Eli Manning. Look at his last seven years. He sucked. <laughs> he sucked, man. And he, well, he beat Brady twice. Oh, my God, that's great. Hey, Jim Plunkett's got two Super Bowl wins too, dude. Jim Plunkett has won two Super Bowls. Does that mean he's a Hall of Fame guy too? I mean, come on now. I mean, Jeff Hostetler's got a Super Bowl win. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl win. Didn't beat Brady, Sulio. <laughs> See, I can't fight that one. <laughs> hey, and he was MVP in them games too. Right. But still, man, I'm not starting my team with I'm not starting my team with Eli Manning. I'm starting him with McNabb. I get more at McNabb does more. Now, the only thing I hated about McNabb was I thought he whined too much. Well, yeah. Yeah. But then again, don't all quarterbacks whine? Not like he did, though. <laughs> Straight up, man. Like you know. Oh, okay. Five, five, yeah. five. Um, you know, I mean, when you got when you got a player like To, and his ability to make your team as good as it is, you gonna hate him because he got too much. He's got too much, uh, you know, hype than you do. So you want him out of there. You want to be the guy. Come on, man. You gotta go. With what's gonna get you that ring, man? Get that championship. If he'd have came back and ran it back, dog. He'd have got it. He'd, he'd have been into the playoff. I mean, he'd have made it to the um, Super Bowl again. At that time, they were always going to the the championship game, the NFC Championship game. They just couldn't make it over the hump. When they did make it over the hump, it was because of um, To. And if they'd have came back To one more year, I believe they'd have won the Super Bowl the next year. You think Dab so. wins that Super Bowl? He's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. No question. There's no question about that. And they, and this city, this city would be more of a of a five fan you know there's a lot of people that are not really five fans because just what you said he cried too much they didn't feel as though he was all in yeah but i don't mind you crying like aaron Rodgers as long as you win i, I right. mean look you can here let's say it, you could be a bitch as long as you win i don't yep. i don't i don't i i think it goes with the position because there's only one of them dudes it's the most popular position in the sport, so I, I will. I'm always under. I'm like this, Barrett. I, 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 there's just some like weirdness that goes with that position. So I never, I never got twisted like that. If a guy was a whiner, as long as he won the ball games, and as long as he was productive, and you guys were constantly competitive, not only competitive but contending. See, I don't like the word competitive. That's thanking me for not robbing a bank shit again. Okay? You know, I, I, you're not getting kudos for, like, 
being competitive. Great. Okay. Well, Jesus, you're in the NFL guy. What are we talking right. about here? You right. have to, that's something that's a given. But when you're contending for Super Bowls every year, that to me, you think he's a choke artist? You think McNabb? You think McNabb's, he didn't let, let's use a Bayless line. You think that McNabb didn't have a clutch gene? No, I, I, I'm not gonna say that. Um, no matter how, what they say about Mac, Mac never had enough to take him over the hump. You know, just like you know, right now Jalen Hurts does not have enough to really give him a, an accurate assessment on what he is as a quarterback. He I just do doesn't not have believe enough. Jalen Hurts will ever be as good as Donovan McNabb. No, well, no, because he doesn't have. Donovan was not just a runner. He was a true pocket quarterback. Yes. Okay? And Jalen is not a true pocket quarterback. That's not what defines him. That 900 yards helps define him. McNabb is going to beat you throwing for 350 yards, not running for 150 yards. He's going to throw you to the win. Um, Jalen has to run you to the win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's he he for him to have great games, you're not gonna like you're not gonna see Jalen Hurts put up 350 yard games on a consistent basis. You're just that's gonna be anomaly games. But you are gonna see him put up 80 yards rushing, 228 yards passing. McNabb's not that guy. McNabb's gonna be a 350 guy, 348, maybe a 400 yard game, 50 yards pass, 50 yards rushing. That that's who McNabb was to me. At least. But that doesn't make that doesn't mean that you can't be a championship quarterback. No, with those type of um. But 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 attributes. I don't know of any that are championship quarterbacks that have that kind of dimension. I mean, that's my problem with the style of play here, Barrett. I mean, style of play doesn't really dictate and translate to Super Bowls. I mean, people will go like this. Well, what about? You know, Steve Young, well, Steve Young, when he retired, was the all-time completion percentage guy in NFL history. I mean, he was accurate as all hell, and he was a great passer. He wasn't just a great runner. I played high school football against that guy, Barrett. Barrett, I'd never seen a white boy run that fast in my life. He ran four fours. What? Steve Young, unbelievable, man. You got to Google the, um, the run he had against the Vikings in the playoff game. I think he goes for 60 yards in it. Steve Young was so fast. You couldn't catch. I mean, I never played against a faster guy. No. In college, I played against Dion and, and Bo. Right. Uh, okay. That, that, well, yeah. When I, those guys are just different. They're just, those, those dudes were just different. Eric Dickerson, too, was different. He got through that line of scrimmage, man. That pony was gone. He was gone. But, um, yeah, no, he – Steve Young could run, man. It, that's what made him so dangerous. He got out in the perimeter, and Young ran them four fives. He was a four-five guy, man. I'm not kidding you. He was fast as hell, man. Probably, probably the most during my time, probably the most difficult guy to defend was Steve Young because he could run like that, and he was accurate like that. And you don't see quarterbacks like that very – very much and he won one Super Bowl I just don't see a style like Jalen Hurts I mean exactly. that's why I think they're, they're looking at Baltimore 
You really think you're going to win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? I, you know what? I mean, he's a franchise quarterback, though. You would say he, he's not. He, you're right. He's a franchise quarterback. He, he, yes, he is. But will that style win a Super Bowl? I'm not saying he can't, simply because, you know, I mean, he was an MVP two years ago. He, and let the uh, league in passing touchdowns. Yep. And, and I, I really believe, given the opportunity to have a better defense, that would be a hard team to stop, especially in the playoffs. Um, because, you know, you just don't you, you just don't prepare for a guy like that in one week. It's hard to prepare for, like, for a guy like that in one week. You know, so when you play a team like, you know, uh, the Titans, it's hard to prepare for that team with, you know, their ability to run the ball. So when you're not, when you're not part of that algorithm of, of quarterbacks that you play against every single week and then you go to him, and he's just totally, you know, the opposite of what you've been playing against. It's hard to prepare for that type of guy. So from that standpoint, I think he is enough to win a championship because you just it's just hard to, you know, play against a guy like that week in and week out. No, no matter how hard hard you you try to keep him in a pocket, he's so fast he can still find a way out. And that's a that's a dimension, you know, that you just can't prepare for. You're not gonna remember us trying to prepare for guys like um like you know, when we playing against the Steelers, you know, and they and they had um what was uh what was Slash's Slash's name? Cordell Stewart. Uh, Cordell Stewart, you know, played at Colorado. We used to have a running back come in or or a, a receiver come in and play Slash simply because he could run around and do so much, you know, trying to get the defense to get ready for that type of speed at the quarterback position and can throw it. So that's just hard to do, man. It's really hard to do. So can I do – I think he can win a um, Super Bowl? I, I do. I do. I, th- I don't think that there's defensive coordinators that can stop his offense. I think the only thing that can stop his offense is really him. If he's not being as accurate or doing what he needs to do, then I can see them stopping him. But if he didn't want to be stopped and he puts himself in a position where he knows the game plan inside and out and prepares, I don't think there's really a defense that can stop him. Do me a favor, guys. Like the show. Appreciate you stepping in with us here. All right, take me back then with McNabb. What was was the belief that McNabb, with his style, could win a Super Bowl? Did people believe McNabb could win a Super Bowl when he was in his prime in Philly? Or were were we having the same conversations that Jalen can't win with that style? We were saying the same thing about McNabb back in Philly in his time. Well, how, how did people perceive him? Did they think he was a Super Bowl quarterback? Because I I always thought that McNabb could lead that team to a Super Bowl and win it. Me too. Me too. I, I do think that. I think Mac could go out and win a Super Bowl. Um, I thought Mac was good enough, but I don't think that they really put players around him. You know, like, I mean, that's like, you know. T.O.'s his best wide out, right? No question. T.O.'s probably his only wide You had James Thrash. Um, you Matt got, Cutting you know, Pickett. It. You know, you just, no, you just. No, no. You don't if you don't put him behind the right weapons. I mean, they could run the rock. They had a three-headed monster with those running backs. You know, you had Deuce, um, you had Westbrook, and you had um, uh, what was the other guy? Um, um, what's his name? Cord- Cordell. I will often forget his name. You know, you they gave him a running game. They gave him a tight ends that they can throw the ball. He could throw the ball to. They just really gave him gave him a threat at the wide receiver position that would garner them taking somebody out of the box. You know, Todd Pinkston, come on, man. Come on. D-Train, right, right. You know, 
Todd effing Todd Kingston. Those are bums. <laughs> and you expect him to win? Thanks, no. James Thrash. He was a he was a James Thrash guy. was trash. Right. You know, Correll. I said that Correll Buckhalter. Yep. Oh my God! I think that kid's an Ohio State Buckeye guy. Correll. Um, no. Was he? I don't. I mean, I played with his brother. I played with his brother, Chris Buckhalter. Um, but Phew. those were the dudes that were in the. You know what? It's funny. We should take a look at that. The offensive firepower, the year they went to the Super Bowl. Well, no, not the year they went to the Super Bowl. Maybe the year they went to their first NFC championship. Because I'd like to look at that roster of offensive people. Look at what was the first year they went to the NFC play uh, championship game. Ooh, I forget. What guys help us out on the on the stream? What was the year? The very first, because I'd like to look at. Because I'm looking at Jalen Hurts right now, and I'm telling you, Smith, Watkins, Pascal, Goddard, and Sanders. Okay, I'm goofing on that. 2001, they're saying, is the first year that they went to the NFC Championship game with Donovan McNabb. Who were the offensive people in the backfield and the wideouts and Y and Zs and tied in uh, on that football the- team? I mean, look at because let, let, let's see if we can compare. Because, quite frankly, check it out 2001, the owner of the team is the same owner that's today. Yep. But I think Joe Banner was running the team then. Yep. And okay, the wide receivers so who, is were, their, who, is their, who is their firepower? Well, this is 2000. This is 2004 when they went to the Super Bowl. Okay. His wide receivers were Freddie Mitchell, who had 22 catches for 377 yards. Terrell Owens, 77 catches for 1,200 yards. Then Todd Pinkston, 36 catches for 676 yards. Then you had a tight end and Chad Lewis with uh, 29 catches for 267 yards. That was his roster of, of, of weapons That's that he terrible. was going to. Outside of T.O. Right, exactly. Who's the running back? At running back, he had Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook. And he had 177 rushes for 812 yards. He was a good ball player. But he had, look, he had 73 catches for 703 yards and six See, TDs. That's the kind of running back, Barrett. Yep. That Jalen needs. Yep. That's yep. the kind. You don't need a 1,300 yard back back there. You need a guy like, like Westbrook there that could get you 7 7 because. It gives them the intermediate pass. Yep. Yep. The check and down. It gives him the check down that he needs to loosen up the Y and Z. He yep. needs a guy like that more you so know, than a bell cow dude. You agree? Yep. I mean, he can run angle routes, Texas routes in the middle of the field, get those linebackers, you know, make them move their feet. I mean, Westbrook was a weapon, man. I mean, look, 812 yards rushing and then 703 yards. That's uh, outstanding. Receiving. Actually. Oh, no question. No question. So yeah, right, that, let's that's, take that's a time out here. Is. I want to take a look at that first NFC Championship game that uh, that McNabb went to. Does it compare to what they're doing now? Also, a little bit on what Peter King said. So he's saying the Eagles are not going to take a quarterback in the yeah, first round. Yeah. But I'm telling you who I think they will take in the first round. Get Barrett's thoughts. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio here on the middle back in three.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Bear Brooks and Stilio. Please hit the like button. So we we're we're looking at again where we are right now with building this offense here going into the 2022 regular season for Jalen. And we're making comparisons here with McNabb. This is McNabb's second. So McNabb in his second year took the team to the NFC championship game. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. And what well, year was that? That was uh 2001. Uh, 2001, right? Okay. Okay, McNabb is 25 years old and he threw for 3,233 yards and 25 touchdowns and almost 500 yards rushing. Here's where his offensive backfield and wideouts. Deuce Staley, Cecil Martin, Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, and Chad Lewis. Bro, (laughs) I mean, he didn't have 1,000-yard rusher or receiver. On that football team. <laughs> and he took that team. Now, the defense here, okay, Corey Simon was not a bad ball player. Uh, Hugh Douglas is on that team. Trotter, Troy Vincent, Brian Dawkins. A pretty good football players on that defense. Yes, yes, a really good football players on that defense. So that defense, and they played a 43 um, on yep. that defense. Hollis Thomas wasn't bad. Yep, uh, Corey Simon had seven and a half sacks that season, too, by the way. 
and Hugh Douglas had nine and a half sacks. So they got to the people through the linebackers. Trotter and Douglas. Trotter in the middle. That's somebody like they need right now on that defense, yes, Barry. Exactly. Exactly. They need somebody like uh Jeremiah Trotter in there. Because man, I thought he was oh I thought he was a doorstop when he played inside LB. And you know, he those guys right there are kind of um they kind of solidified, you know, guys, you know, because I, I mean I played with Half those guys on that roster were guys that they drafted. And, I mean, I played with half those guys. I played with Hollis, you know, uh, Hugh, Mike Caldwell, who's a pretty good coach right now, Trot. Uh, I played with Troy, Bobby Taylor, Brian Dawkins. You know, I played Trey with half Thomas. those guys. Here's the O-line guys. Trey Thomas. Played with him. Uh, Jermaine Mayberry. I played with him also. And John Runyon. I don't play with Runyon, though. But, um, I mean, even, you know, John Welburn was a good player. Hank Fraley was a pretty good center, you know, and, and, you know, they kind of slid. By the way, Fraley was a rookie that year when they went yep. to the NFC title game. Yep. Yep. Man. So, you know, they were, they were set all the way across, you know, they had a, you know, pro bowl kicker and David Akers. Um, you know, they, they had some pretty good players, man. You know, I remember, you know, Quentin Cavers, you know, was a good linebacker, came in. and But not the roster I thought, though, Barrett. So, I mean, look at the roster that they have now. I mean, I mean, look, Staley was very dependable. Cecil Martin, they ran a fullback. They yep. had a fullback uh, in the backfield at this time. Fullbacks yep. were, like, almost obsolete today. Todd Pinkston, man, James Thrash were your wideouts. I mean, what's the difference between James Thrash? Well, you think that you think that 2001 NFC Championship appearance team? You think their offensive people are better than the people that they have now? I mean, Devontae yes. Smith, Devontae Smith, man. I mean, well, I'm, I'm talking about as far as you know, like the offensive lines are pretty comparable. In fact, I think the this year's roster. Oh, I is think a little this better. group's better than that group. Yeah, but, they're, they're better, and I think that group's good. Yep. Um. From the wide receiver position, all right, Smith's the only guy I think is you know that could you would say is, is undoubtedly better than those guys. I think they're just a little bit better. But from a team sport aspect, I mean, I think McNabb kind of balances those things out because I I know he's he's better right now than than Jalen Hurts. Well, and um, see to me, that's the key to what you just said. Donovan makes average players around him. Way yes. better than what Jalen does. Jalen's not able to make these guys better yet because he can't find them yet. Yep. I mean, I mean, there lies the difference because look at Donovan McNabb had less talent. Way less talent. Way less talent. But than I think what Jalen has. But I think uh, another thing that would anchor Max team. Um, as opposed to this year's team, is that defense is a lot better. You know. Yes. I mean, a lot better. I mean, you can tell. You take that's a, uh, that's a that's a that's a big time defense the Eagles had in 01. Right. So you had Big Play Slay. I think Bobby Taylor and Big Play Slay are kind of better. Uh, you had Hollis. I mean, Hollis Thomas. Right. What you want to say? Hollis Thomas and Corey Simon. They're tit for tat as far as you know. Um, you know, production in the interior. That if you want to go from the defensive ends, I have to say the ND Kalu is better than you know. Uh, who they have a defensive end right now. Uh, linebackers, yep, Josh Sweat. I mean, there's no question that, you know, 
you're looking at the defense itself. You know, Troy Vincent was on the other side of him. Brian Dawkins at safety. You had Trot in the middle of that defense. You know, and he you was had the, Hugh, Doug, Hugh Douglas was the right defensive end, and the yes. left end was Brandon Whiting. Well, you know, it, Brandon was like a guy that came in and rotational. It was Indy Kalu was that guy. He was the worst. Okay. Indy Kalu was the guy, guy of rice, and I played with him. And in the slot, you had Al Harris. Al Harris was one of the best slots um, DBs uh, in the NFL at the time. In fact, he became a perennial pro bowler, you know, while he was with the Eagle and when he left and went to um, the Green Bay, and then he went to the Saints. Um, Barry Garner was a damn good um, – linebacker also you know so he's you know him opposite of trot uh carlos edmonds was a guy that, you know played if the one they had three linebackers in so imagine that linebacking core you got trot carlos evans and barry garner those guys in themselves man that's the best probably the best linebacking core the eagles have had the past 20 30 years let me let me let me ask you this i was always under the assumption chad lewis is better than dallas goddard yes yes Chad Lewis, I used to call him Nod. He ran the best Nod route I ever seen in my life. You know, okay. it, it, I I I thought he was underrated. Definitely, definitely on that Eagles team. Definitely. And I thought that Chad, Chad, Chad kind of reminded me a little bit of Zach Ertz back in the day. That's exactly they were kind what of like that with one another. And I thought Chad, of all the tight ends that the Eagles have had over the last twenty five years, I thought he was underrated. Didn't he go to the Ravens too? Uh. I forget because I no, thought I he played somewhere Fran. else too. I think, and I think Chad is a better. I think he's better. He's a better tight end than Dallas Goddard. So yes, better. Goddard had yep. that component there at the tight end position, and when Westbrook, when they went to the, when they went to the Super Bowl, he gave them that dimension. The two things that he had. Look at what they did for Donovan McNabb when they added two better football players on it. He had he had Westbrook they could get the ball to because he had 700 yards in catching. He had a receiver in T.O. who had 1,200. Yep. Well, why not use the same philosophy with Jalen here? Homie was in the building. He was a capologist guy. I mean, he was there in 2000. This When he first got his first job with the Eagles, Howie Roseman was in the building. Why not do the same thing? Why are you not doing the same thing that you did eventually for Donovan McNabb when you mean the same thing, yeah, exactly. When you mean the same thing, help help him out. Help him, guys, like that. I, help I don't him think like you that. did help Donovan. Right. To me, that means this. Well, I it just doesn't seem that you're all in on on Jalen. I saw like at the NFL owner meetings, I saw Sirianni say that. Oh, you know, we love to go. Well, your actions aren't really going down that line right now. Where, you know, I mean, like I said, look at. And the money doesn't really always dictate everything, but it kind of tells you a little bit on how they're looking at constructing the team. You got a bunch of guys under nine hundred grand at wideout. You got a guy from the um, Colts because Nick likes him. You got Dallas Goddard who drops one pass out of every three. I I still think he's got to be better. I know people love him, and I know they gave him the extension, but dude. I think he needs to be better. He ain't Zach Ertz. And the problem with Ertz was every time he threw it to Zach Ertz, if he was on the 20-yard line, he was on the 20-yard line. <laughs> he, he didn't no, get to no the yak yardage. No, no yak right. yardage. <laughs> there is no yak yardage, man. That dude did not believe in that. I'm catching it and sitting down right here. <laughs> and Sanders makes one, too. I mean, 
does the money bugs me because usually when you pay for something and you pay for things that really are really great, like in the NFL, everyone's gauged on salary in the National Football League, not by Pro Bowls. They're gauged on production. Yep. And it just doesn't seem there's a lot of production here with this team that's going into the 2020 year, at least going into the draft. They just, I, to me, they, I don't think they, they're putting their money where their mouth is. You're saying this guy is the guy you're going with going forward. You say he's going to try to help him by any means necessary, and the means are not necessarily being necessary for him. You know, you have, you're not bringing in uh, – I mean, and it, it, it makes you a liar to, you know, when you say those type of things because then you look at um, what Miami is doing for Tua. You know, Miami's going out there and, and putting their money where their mouth is. You know, they're showing you better than they can tell you. They went out, got the probably the number one as far as greatest athlete at the wide receiver position I've seen deep in a threat. long time. You know, so he can do everything. You He's know, the he top can, deep threat. Exactly, deep threat. You you get him the ball on jet sweeps. You get him the ball on slant plays. Get the ball in his hands on little you know wheel routes. He'll do the rest. So Dude, they got a four by one hundred relay team down there in Miami now. Absolutely, absolutely. But then you see the news reports out right now that. All right, Devontae Parker is 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 on the block. You know, they're they're trying to, you know, trying to put him out there to dangle him out Here's there. His what numbers. Are you gonna do? Here's his numbers. 28 years old, 93 games he's played, 64 starts. He's got 338 receptions. In seven years, he's got 47-27. His best year was 19. He had 1202. So he's capable, and in my opinion, I think that 19 year, I think that's Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was the starting quarterback in 19. I think he was the starting quarterback yep. in Miami in 19. Yes, he was. And he had 12.02. So, I mean, Devontae Parker, to me, is a, to me, if he's on the block, how much would I give up for this guy with these stats? 28 years old? Fourth rounder? Do you but is, what is his value right now? To the Eagles, a lot. A lot, an awful lot. But through the rest of the NFL, I think to he's the, an average Dolphins, guy. Not yeah. so much. Yeah. I think he's an average guy to everybody else in the league, also. So I don't think there's gonna be a, a lot of teams, you know, trying to bust down the door to, to to get a guy like that. But he'd be the he'd be the best guy on the Eagles. He'd be the number one. Receiver wow. on the Eagles. So, on other even teams, even with Smith, even with Smith, he'd still be the number one passing threat with the Eagles. Smith has not proven to me he's a one yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't argue that. I can't argue that. Does he have potential? Yes, he does. Yes. He had nine hundred yards. Predicated on the quarterback. So I'm saying this: if you can bring Parker into the fold, it'll make him a better receiver make Smith a better receiver and I can see both of those guys you know having a lot of production I mean they should be thousand yard type of receivers both of them if you give them an opportunity with that quarterback with that quarterback I think they can be so you think Don you you think that Jalen Hurts is a four thousand yard passing quarterback I think he can be only only because he's gonna he's gonna increase Barrett a thousand yards reason why I say that because just like you, you have said this also. 
these defensive coordinators have seen a, an entire year on Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts has become a better player. And the only way he can really become a better, he can't get to become a, a better runner because, I mean, he he showed that ability. That's something that's innate in him. He can't take that. He will always be a, a, a great runner. So the only way that he can get better as a quarterback is to become a better passer. And with that better passing comes production if you have somebody opposite of Smith to kind of, you know, you know, make this defense divvy up a little bit. All right, we're going to divvy up a little of our strength of stopping the run you know, and, 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 you know, force them to take a, a um, safety out of the box and put out there because you got two receivers that can, that can go out there and go to work. And if you let, they going to stay stagnant and say, Hey, look, you know, we're just going to be, you know, hell bent on stopping this run and keeping that defender in. Then those two guys on the outside got to go to work. They got to go out there and make the hay. And if Hertz can get the ball to him, he could be very productive because that's a lot of area that will be undefended by the defense out there on the outside. That's a lot of work that they got to cover. And I don't know if teams can do necessarily both. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Do you know the best duo that the Eagles have had since Howie's been in the building in 2000? You know the best duo is? Who's that? 2010, DJX and Jeremy Macklin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Until they broke the band up, those two right there, they went to work because you had to, you had a sincere number one in Jeremy Macklin, which only helped Jackson, to, you know, be a a, a a a more dominant threat because now you have to be aware of where Mac is. Macklin's going to get open, so because he's going to get open, you got to make sure that you account for him, which leaves that safety on you know over the top that he has to keep from getting behind him. And D-Jax was just too fast. You know what I'm saying? Just way so too that's fast. Best, but That's the only duo you can think of since 2000 that the Eagles have had at wide receiver that would kind of strike some fear in game planning for a coordinator to go against the Eagles is Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin in 2010. Bro, that's 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 12 years ago. Well, let me put it like this. Out of those, out of all those rosters since 2001, there's been only three receivers that have over um, a thousand yards. And that's T.O., D.Jax, and Macklin. and Macklin. Those are the three thousand yard receivers. Nobody else did. You I mean he had tight ends that did? You know, you had Zach Ertz. You know, he had a thousand yards. But other than that, receiver wise, there was no other receiver over a thousand yards besides those three guys. Now I know why no receiver wants to play here because of what you just said. <laughs> no, no veteran guy in his right mind would come here. No, absolutely not. Absolutely you not. You know why? History, history's tell everyone looks at a place. Well, look, I'm mean, Patrick Mahomes, man. This guy's gonna get the ball to the wide receivers. That's what they do. Andy Reid gets the ball to why and by the way, a lot of those years were under Andy Reid, which shocks me. Yep. Yep. So he threw Reed, the ball. He Andy threw Reed the ball a ton. Whiteouts either. Yeah. But he, no. I mean, he couldn't. I mean, you could see by who he brought in, and and he was hell bent on throwing the ball. That's what's mind boggling to me. He was hell bent on throwing the ball, but never brought in receivers. He brought in one receiver one time, and that was To. Everybody else they tried to draft and assert, and it just didn't work, man. It just didn't work. You know what? 
And this is the or you know how the organization I'm learning doesn't like linebackers in the draft. Yep, they don't like free agent wide receivers. Not really. I mean, they had Al Al Alshon. You know, I keep saying Alshon because Alshon was was a good wide receiver. Oh, by the way, I brought up all their deals that Howie's had over the last couple of years, like the Nandi Asamoah. Me and um, um, and uh, Xander were going over them. Do you know that the last like big time contracts that Howie has signed, not one player fulfilled the length of the contract, and some of these guys played one or two years off them deals. They were train wrecks. <laughs> He's had train wreck free agent signings. He signed one guy for $63 million. He played one year. In oh, Florida. yeah. Maxwell. Vernon yeah. Maxwell, the, the DB. Played one year, signed him to a $63 million contract. Vernon Maxwell came out the first game they play against uh, they play against uh, um, Atlanta. <laughs> He's going against Julio Jones. So the first game he goes out, Julio torches him for like a buck 20. So at the end of the game, you know, he's smiling and everything, right? He's smiling, you know, because they just lost. I don't understand why he was smiling. He said, just lost. He turned around and said, hey, um, so the reporter asked him, hey, man, um, how do you feel about, you know, Julio Jones coming out and torching you guys for over 120 yards? He took what? He said, damn, shit, he had that many yards? <laughs> <laughs> that was his response, man. That was his response. You know, that, that's how he responded. Like, damn, he had that many. Damn, yards? he had that many yards. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. That's freaking funny, man. <laughs> that's how he responded to it, man. So, I mean, that's it. Hey, man, uh, you looking for? By the way, real quick, man, you looking forward to the Masters? I, you know, I don't watch golf that much, man. I tried, man. You, do you watch it? I watch Tiger. Well, he's in it, right? He's coming I back. Think. I I don't I don't watch country club guys and slacks. <laughs> Golf's not a sport, dude. You know why? why if I could wear the same gear and playing in and go to dinner in it, that ain't a sport. <laughs> Golf's not a sport. Go bowling is not a sport. Okay. <laughs> Dart throwing is not a sport. That those are not sports. Golf is not a sport. I Bro. mean, if you can if you could be 80 years old and 800 pounds and wear the gear they wear and wear a belt that you could wear to your daughter's funeral or to her wedding or to her bar mitzvah. It ain't a sport dog. Golf's not a sport, man. <laughs> oh, I was saying Byron Maxwell. Yeah. Byron Maxwell, man. Does it matter? <laughs> no, it didn't. And from that point, yeah, he played he, one year, 63 million dog. And he continued to get torched. Now I will say this, that he got that contract off the books the very next year. Oh, well, nicely done, Howie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, way to make a Hey, watch this. Here, I'm going to congratulate you for taking your mistake and erasing it from the tablets of the annals of Eagle history. Congratulations for covering up your F up. Yeah, yeah. He was the number one. He was actually the number one DB um, in free agency that year, part of Legion of Boom. You know, I thought he was going to come in. You know, he was the other guy opposite of Richard Sherman. That's all everybody knew about it. He was the opposite guy, Richard Sherman, uh, in that Legion of Boom. Golf's a sport. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And watch Egg Barrett. I got I got my gear on, my fancy shirt, my fancy slacks, my fancy shoes. And then you get a chance to go, like, hey, let's go to dinner. You don't have to, I don't have to change. Look at me, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. 
if you if you can wear the same gear, like I said, to dinner, I don't know, man. I don't. <laughs> I ain't gonna take a shower, huh? By the way, Barrett's being racist here because he doesn't want to chase anything white for four hours around <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Barrett Brooks. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got that Philly guy coming on. Philly 500. I'm going to put him on this afternoon. Oh, that's what's up. There we go. There we go. I'm going to see if this guy's worth the shit. So we're going to see if he's good. I'm going to put him on this afternoon. I think we're doing it at 430. And so we'll find out if he's good. We're going to have him on. We'll be back with Barrett tomorrow. Hey, man. I had a lot of fun today, man. It was all good. Barrett no Brooks, question, Dan Cilio. We'll see you on the flip side. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.